Hi, my friends, and welcome to From Here to There. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing about the lives of many people throughout history and people alive today that God has worked through in order to bring increase and influence of His kingdom here on earth. But in this first series, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you my story, how God was able to take me from powerless to powerful and from the nest to the nations. I really believe that as you listen, God is going to give you keys to moving forward toward your God destiny. So let's get started with this week's message. So last week, I shared about the process that God works in us so that he's able to continue to move through us. And the Bible talks about all discipline not being joyful, but that it will produce righteousness in us. So the word discipline here, when it says all discipline is not joyful, it really refers to training. It refers to discipling. And sometimes we think of it as being punishment, but that's really not the essence of the word. God, as a good father, trains us in order to bring us higher. And to do that, he doesn't use the enemy's works. He doesn't use evil things to train us. Now, the reason we sometimes get confused about this is because most of us who have been through difficult things can see growth in our life. And so sometimes we think that God is bringing these bad things so that we can get stronger. But faith, guys, is like a muscle. When we use it to get through difficult things, it increases, it gets stronger. And so it is actually our faith pushing against the adversity that causes us to be stronger when we're facing challenges or even being disciplined by God to go higher. God's training methods are his word and his spirit. And I like to think of that in Psalm 23, where it says his rod and his staff will guide us and lead us. And so God is training us, and he does that often by putting us together with people or in difficult situations, and that is training in love, learning how to walk in love. So he also trains us in skill development, and we've talked about that last week, how he'll put us in different places to learn love and to learn skills, but This week, I want to talk about another way, a supernatural way that God will use to fast track our development. So first, I want to go to Luke 3.16, where John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so what did John the Baptist mean about Jesus, that he would baptize us in fire and in the Holy Spirit? Well, we found out something of what that meant when a powerful move of God swept through our church in the mid-1990s. But before I detail into that, I want to regress back to the early 70s when I first experienced what is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This 1970s was near the end of what is called the charismatic movement. And that was a movement where denominational churches were experiencing interest in the Holy Spirit and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And later on in sessions of this podcast, we'll talk about different individuals in history who were in the forefront of this outpouring, which really opened up at the beginning of the 20th century. 
And from 1900 to 2000, literally there was an explosion all over the world of people being reintroduced to the Holy Spirit. People being renewed, refired, revived, and awakened by the presence of God. Now, as a teenager, I remember talking to my mom about this. She was a Presbyterian, and in her women's Bible study group, she'd been introduced to the teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She didn't fully understand it or fully experience it, but by the time I was a young mom, news about Holy Spirit and what he was doing in the church was everywhere. I remember in those days listening to Catherine Kuhlman on the radio. She was still alive, and she always talked about her friend, the Holy Spirit, and how he worked in her life and how he loved and wanted to work with us. So although I'd been radically saved for maybe five years at the time I did receive this baptism, I had very little knowledge of the Word of God. I didn't go to church regularly, but I did listen to tapes. We used to listen to cassette tapes and read books, and that was primarily how the teaching was spreading in the church. And I remember reading and getting a hold of a book by Dennis and Rita Bennett. They were an Episcopal couple who had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, had spoken in tongues, and whose lives were dramatically changed. So I was reading this book about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was alone at our house, and I remember getting to the end of the book where they encouraged, you can receive this right now. Just pray this prayer. And so I did pray that prayer, and honestly, I had a supernatural experience with God the Holy Spirit. Now, it may not always be this way, but for me, it was like Pentecost. I felt wind and fire. Something definitely happened. And I didn't speak in tongues that day, although in looking back, words came to my mind. But suddenly, everything seemed different for me. It was like I was looking at the world through new lenses. I could clearly understand the Bible like never before. I remember reading the whole book of Romans Paul's outline of redemption, and just saying, wow, I can understand this. I see what he's talking about. And before that, it had been kind of a code, like difficult to read, difficult to understand. Another thing that changed was I felt like I had a guide on the inside. I would practice listening to the direction of the Holy Spirit in my heart of which book was good, which book was bad, which way I should go. And I learned that he was speaking on the inside of me. So you see, you can have a relationship with Jesus way before you have any clear understanding of his word or what he came to do. And this is one reason he told his disciples that it was better for them if he went away because he would send the Holy Spirit. He wants us to have understanding and he wants us in this generation I mean, we're hundreds of years beyond when Jesus was alive on the earth, but he wants us to have him within us and to have the Holy Spirit to reveal the word to us and to give direction to us in our lives. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the paraclete, which in the Greek really means one called alongside of us to help us. And the Holy Spirit also empowers us first to have victory over sin in our lives, and second, to be bold and to be a witness to others. I like to explain it this way. You know, do you have the Holy Spirit 
before you have the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Yes, of course you do. And so in John chapter four, Jesus met that woman at the well. And he said, if you ask me, I would give you living water that would spring up like a well within you. And so the new birth is like a well of God on the inside for us to drink from. We can drink from this well and we never will thirst again. But a few chapters later in John 7, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. Let me read this to you, John 7, 37 through 39. He said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And so, obviously, we couldn't receive the Holy One on the inside until Jesus' blood had been shed and he cleansed us from sin and he made us holy vessels. But once that took place and he was resurrected, he could send the Holy Spirit. And so he says the Holy Spirit here would be for those who are hungry and thirsty. And also he would be like a river that would flow out of us. So where the new birth is like a well within for you to drink from, Holy Spirit baptism, the overflow, is like a river that flows out of you for others to drink from. So the infilling of the Spirit, the baptism of fire sometimes called, is for those who want more. The old timers used to call it the second blessing. In John chapter 20, before he ascended for the last time, Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But in Acts 1.8, right before the ascension, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit, the one I told you I would send. So here again, we see the two different, the breathing in of the Holy Spirit, the new birth, and then in Acts 1.8, go and wait until you receive the infilling of power. And we know that in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit fell on them on the day of Pentecost, He fell, it says in the Bible, like tongues of fire on their heads. He filled them, and when he filled them, something came out of them, a new language, new languages, new ways to praise God, new ways to demonstrate and witness the kingdom. And not only did words flow out of them, but they ran out into the street speaking about the mighty acts of God. This was the birthday of the church. When the Holy Spirit filled the people, the church was born and the church ran out to declare God's works. 3,000 came into the kingdom that day and the church has been moving ever since. So that baptism of the Holy Spirit began a new season for me. But I still will tell you that I didn't really begin to grow until I started going to Bible studies committing to learn the word. Okay, so that's my history on the infilling, but now let me fast forward again 20 years to the 1990s in our church, and this was happening not only in our church, but all over in many churches. The Holy Spirit was stirring. He was moving again. He was refilling and refreshing his people. And this move of God was supernatural. It involved much prayer. You know, I remember in the church, we used to pray in our worship team. We would be in a circle praying, and we always had this expectation 
something is trying to spring up. Something is trying to come forth. And so there was much prayer preceding it, but the tangible presence of God was what marked this move of God. I mean, literally feeling God's presence like honey, like warm honey coming all over your body. There, It involved freedom. It involved liberality. We used to have just giving services where everyone was just giving things away to other people. It was a move of worship and it was a move of joy. And so for a few months in our church was happening in every service. It felt like we were under the influence and we were, we were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Peter talked about this in Acts 2 in verse 15, when he was preaching on that day of Pentecost out in the street. And he said, these people are not drunk as you suppose because it's only the third hour of the day, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So Peter identified this outpouring with the last days, and he also connected it to signs and wonders, to vision, prophecy, and just the manifest presence of God. So during those days in our church, people around town, some people thought we were quite strange. (laughs) They referred to us as that church. You know what goes on in that church. Even my personal family made jokes about us, you know, sacrificing things on the altar. But I tell you, there was a sacrifice. There was a sacrifice of self-will. And the fire of God on the altar of our hearts was creating in us a passion and a desire to do His will. Now, God has many ways, and the Holy Spirit moves in many different ways, not just one. I wrote a book called It's About Time that talks about the movement of the Holy Spirit through the church's history. But at this particular time, the move of the Holy Spirit was like fire. A friend of mine, a minister friend, told about reaching over the table during dinner to take a bite of her husband's dessert, and her sleeve caught on fire on the candle. And as she said, she didn't just sit there and go, oh my, I'm on fire. No, when fire touches you, you move, you get up and you do something. And so that was the result of this Holy Spirit fire in our church. And that's why I call this episode Holy Spirit Popcorn, because when that fire was stirred up, pop, 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 callings began popping out of people, and people were just launched out of our church into ministry. Another minister said that people used to make fun of them, saying all those people do is run around the church. And he said, yeah, we run around the church. We're running and we're not just running around the church. We're running around the world. How many stamps do you have in your passport? And so this outpouring of the Holy Spirit launches people into their callings, launches the church out into the world. We can look through history, even in people I know and throughout the church age, there are hot spots for God's presence. There are places where groups of people are pressing into God for more and where they are empowered and launched by his supernatural presence, impacted by the fire of God in their midst. 
This kind of revival is necessary to move the church forward into new things. And friends, right now we need this more than ever. We need fresh fire and we need new moves. Jesus is alive and he's still moving through his church. So I hope and I pray that you personally have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling and overflow of the river of God through your life, and the purifying effects of the fire of God. Get putting your heart on the altar and saying, Lord, here I am, use me. I'm thinking about Isaiah and Isaiah chapter 6. I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And he said, at first, I said, woe is me, for I am undone. I am unclean. I am unholy. But the angel took a coal from the altar and touched my lips. And then I lifted up my hands, Isaiah said, and I said, here am I, God, send me. So I want to encourage you guys, you might have heard of these things, you might have experienced these things, or maybe you never have heard, but there is more of Jesus for you. And there is however much of him you want, you can have. And however much of him, of yourself, you give to him, that's how much of himself he will give to you. He has a great plan for you. And sometimes it just takes the supernatural working of God to launch us into those new things. So for takeaways this week, a touch of God, manifest presence can do more in you in five minutes than what would take five years in your life. Two, there's more of his presence for those who want it. He is an unlimited source. Three, throughout history, and if you study church history, you'll find this, the Holy Spirit has continually birthed new moves in the church to get her out of tradition and to bring her into the new for a new generation. And guys, we're at a time right now of a shift. Many people are preaching about a shift about new wine in the old wineskin. The old wineskin gets brittle and will break. So we need to be flexible and be willing to go into new things. Throughout history, Holy Spirit has had to bring these new moves to move the church out of that old wineskin and into the new. One thing I love about God is the Bible says Jesus Christ, I think it's Hebrews 13, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yet in Isaiah, it says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, even rivers in the dry places. And so God doesn't change, but more of him is being revealed to us in every generation. We're seeing more of who he is. And so finally, number four, places of his presence will launch people into their callings. I pray that you are part of a church, you are part of a fellowship or even if you just have a few crazy friends that you can get together and just say, Lord Jesus, we want more. Pour it out. Pour it down on us. Whatever you have for us, we're ready to receive it. So hallelujah, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for the outpouring. I thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you didn't leave us alone, but he is in us. He is with us. And I thank you, Jesus, that you will give us however much of you we can handle whatever we want to take. So I pray, Lord, for my friends who are listening. This is the day 
of the transformation. This is the day of the outpouring. And yes, you work through us in situations in our life, in the word and in our fellowship with you, but you also work for us supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit within. And so we lift up our hands and we lift up our hearts and we say more, (laughs) more, Lord, give us more of you. I pray for the eyes of their heart being filled with light that they can see and know the hope of your calling the riches of the glory of your inheritance in them, and the exceeding greatness of your power for and through them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Next week, I'm going to share about where this fire took me. So I hope you'll join me. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to share this episode if it has blessed you. I love you and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening today. I pray you were blessed and encouraged. One of my life scriptures is Hebrews 11.1 in the Jordan translation. It says, Now faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is betting your life on unseen realities. In Jesus Christ, you have what it takes to step into all God has prepared for you. If this episode's blessed you, please share it with someone else. I look forward to meeting with you again next week.